What's up? It's Isaac here on the Pro Football Chase Podcast. Um, today's episode, I'm going to go and record uh, during the 1245 window. Um, I know that some of you are on spring break, others are not. So I'm excited uh, to get going here on the podcast today. Plenty to get into, man. Um, obviously, with free agency kicking off, there's been a lot of surprises. Um, in fact, just one of the new uh, signings or transactions per se right now is in Denver. Um, they just re-signed Josie Jewell to a two-year deal. So they bring him back uh, a big part of what they want to do defensively. 27-year-old 27 27-year-old 27 linebacker, uh, been pretty productive for Denver. But uh, I think we all know Denver has stolen the spotlight yet again. I mean, last week it was the trade acquisition of Russell Wilson. Now it's them hijacking the Randy Gregory deal. We know that Randy Gregory had agreed to a five-year, $70 million contract to return to the Dallas Cowboys. And, of course, Let's remember, you know, in free agency, nothing is done. Obviously, right now, it's still the legal tampering period. So the official new league year does not begin until Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That is when deals can officially um, become on, uh, I guess, official, right? That's when the deals all become official. And that's when the players are brought in. They'll take their physicals and then they'll sign their deals and that's it. You know, that's that. And so we hadn't seen anything like it um, up until this point. But Randy Gregory um, decides to switch it around. I've kind of read some stuff out there saying that the Cowboys had already had the agreement um, in place with Randy. And in fact, his agent had already tweeted about it and saying, hey, you know, the deal's done. We're going to, you know, we're getting back to Dallas. And then next thing you know, I believe Stephen Jones um, or one, whoever was in charge of the negotiations for the Dallas Cowboys um, tried to tweak a contract structure. I don't know if it was language in the deal that maybe would have protected the Cowboys considering Randy Gregory's recent troubles. I'm not exactly sure. Um, but I do get an inclination that that had something to do with it. And so the deal was already agreed upon. And the Cowboys, I guess, tried to do one last tweak. Um, and then next thing you know, the Broncos, who had who had been lurking really since the start of free agency. I mean, they have really been going hard after Randy Gregory since the legal tampering period began, um, viewing him as the number one edge rusher in this year's free agent class. And so... Whenever you had a player that was so close, you know, already with another team that has been bidding high for him. And then all it took was that little slip up. And next thing you know, Randy Gregory is off to Denver. He decides to back out of his agreement with the Dallas Cowboys. And then he ends up agreeing, of course, verbally commitment, a verbal commitment to the Denver Broncos, where he will sign the same exact deal five years, 70 million, and he goes to join that Denver defense um, who was looking to find a premium edge rusher after trading away their franchise icon, Von Miller. 
And so that that pretty much rocked the NFL world, you know, because you rarely see that. You see it in, in all the major sports. You know, I can't really tell you who was the last person. I mean, I know in the coaching ranks, it was the Josh McDaniels and the Colts deal. But just really, really crazy. You know, you rarely ever um, see that type of, especially the caliber player that Randy Gregory is and how highly sought after he was. You never see those types of um, backouts. But in this case, it's a crazy business. It is a business at the end of the day. And so um, I do believe that it hurts. Uh, I mean, as, as a as a Dallas Cowboy fan, I mean, I could tell you, uh, and, a, and a specifically a Randy Gregory fan, it does hurt um, the loss of Randy Gregory because, you know, the Cowboys had kind of stuck with him all throughout his um, off the field issues, his legal issues. Um, and so playing in Nebraska, you know, I'm a big Nebraska football fan. So I followed Randy Gregory all the way through his college career. And the thing about Gregory is a lot of people say, you know, he only had six sacks this past season. In fact, one game was, um, I think he had maybe two or three sacks, but the, the problem is, is, you know, he, he had those off the field issues testing positive, was suspended multiple times, but he's just a disruptive player. You know, whether it doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet, he forced and generate turnovers, consistent quarters, and that. To roster about 12 million so that was a plus because there were rumors of the Cowboys potentially um, parting ways with Demarcus Lawrence and so that would have been pretty significant they're able to hold on to him now they they're now in search of another defensive end you know Randy Gregory was going to be that guy you obviously know that Micah Parsons can also play some ends and so you have to kind of get creative with the pieces that you're trying to put in place now. But I'll say now, you know, the Cowboys always love to take care of their own free agents. They rarely like to spend big money on outside free agents. And it almost seems like unless the Cowboys are going to entirely rely on the draft to find another edge rusher in the, you know, top couple of rounds, they can turn now to a guy like Jadavion Clowney, you know, who's coming off a six sack season himself you, of course, have the top dog, Chandler Jones, who I'm honestly surprised that he's still um, to be had. I thought he was going to be one of the first edge rushers off the board, but you saw a guy like Hassan Reddick getting a deal from the Philadelphia Eagles. He heads home, played his college ball at Temple, so he's a Philly guy. And I can see Reddick, you know, getting done sooner than Chandler Jones because of the age difference. You know, Reddick is only 27, 26, 27 years old, right? So, you know, the younger guys are going to get the deals um, worked out quicker, but if you're the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, you're fortunate at this point. Now, of course, we'll see how quick they can act if they're going to indeed go um, outside the building for another edge rusher. But at this moment in time, Chandler Jones is still available. Von Miller, uh, a Texas native, is still available, and I know the Rams are making a strong push trying to bring him back. And I, I'd imagine he's got a pretty robust market with. Plenty of teams trying to get the um, Super Bowl MVP, Von Miller. 
right? But you got two guys right there, three guys in, in Jadavion Clowney that Dallas can instantly make a pivot, go after one of those guys, maybe try to get one of those edge rushers on a deal similar to what they had in line for Randy Gregory. Uh, although I'd imagine that Chandler Jones, it may take a little bit more than, you know, 13 and a half million to get him to sign in, uh, in Dallas, but maybe they go to 14 million, maybe add some incentives. You know, now they have the cap space to maneuver and go after and get another premium edge rusher, but they must act quick because if not, that market can dry up really quick. And next thing you know, Dallas is not in an ideal position moving forward in the draft. Um, and then of course you're not going to find it. You know what? I'll fix my phrase. It's going to be a very hard um, task to find an edge rusher, even if Dallas would use their first round pick at 24 on a defensive end. Defensive ends, you know, in year one, typically it's it's not a whole lot of sack production. You know, it's a big learning curve going from an edge rusher to college to the NFL. I've interviewed a lot of players, Uchen and Wosu. They always talk about how it is, you know, tough, really. It's an adjustment period trying to learn how these NFL offensive tackles are working. And so that's why I think it's urgent, you know, that Dallas goes after a veteran edge rusher, somebody who's established that can line up opposite of Demarcus Lawrence. And so I'm keeping tabs on Miller, Chandler Jones, um, Jadavian Clowney, who, who is believed to have quite a bit of suitors in the free agent market. So in Dallas situation, you bring back Malik Cooker, you know, which I think was a great deal two years um, eight million, a guy that played very well. And so that's a, a low risk, high reward re-signing for Dallas. I know J. Ron Curse is another big uh, free agent that they want to bring back to Dallas. And so there's really, uh, hasn't been an update on if a deal is close, but I do know, um, that, that the Dallas Cowboys are gonna try to bring him back. They've opened negotiations prior to the legal tampering period. So I would not, be surprised if Dallas, you know, finalizes a long-term deal for um, J. Ron Curse here in the upcoming hours, or maybe by this evening they have a, a deal agreed upon. But J. Ron Curse was indeed pivotal in the Dallas Cowboys defense, uh, and so we'll see what happens there. But taking a look at what else has been going on, uh, young. Going to Buffalo, I think it was a nice Buffalo, you know, to find um, a run game. You know, they got Devin Singletary there, a Buffalo, but they've been. Buffalo Bills, I think it was a good, good deal. Too expensive, too easy. Heading back to the New England Pace on a two-year deal, uh, five million, seven million max value. But the big, uh, at least one of the biggest signings today is uh, Marcus Williams, one of the top safeties in this year's draft class, just 25 years old. Um, inks a five-year deal worth 70 million dollars. Baltimore Ravens, and so um, I know that leading up to free agency. 
there were a lot of rumors about Tyron Matthew potentially going to Baltimore. You know that uh, they've really been looking to find an impactful safety. And so they get their guy, Marcus Williams. They show him the money. And I think that's a huge ad. Smart, physical, hard-nosed player. Um, he doesn't bring any negative energy to a team. Uh, very great in the locker room. I mean, I've interviewed Trey Hendrickson coming from New Orleans, and then you just see the player reactions to his deal. Everybody excited for him. So I think Baltimore, I mean, that Marcus Williams signing, that has to rank up there in the top five free agency moves up to this point. They're getting that anchor to that secondary. You know, that Wink Martindale is no longer there in Baltimore, and so they're trying to change the complexity of that secondary. And so Marcus Williams going to team up with Marlon Humphrey in that Baltimore um, defensive back room. I think that's a great add for the Baltimore Ravens. Of course, Malik Collins um, getting re-signed by the Houston Texans, according to his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, two years, $17 million. Uh, I've been a big fan of Malik Collins for a long time. Obviously, he played in Nebraska, so I always watched him play. Um, and so it was really cool to see him kind of revitalize his career in Houston. Uh, he was very productive for the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, they lost him in free agency. But um, one thing that I must say is he, he knows how to get the job done. You know, he's not a guy that is scared to play in the trenches. He brings a physicality to the, the defensive front seven. So Houston's looking to build upon that. And so bringing back a core guy like Malik Collins certainly has been in the works for the Texans. And then, of course, they brought back Christian Kirksey. They went out and signed a safety this morning. MJ Stewart heading to Houston, coming from Cleveland. You know that they lost uh, Justin Reed, who ended up agreeing to a big deal with the San Francisco, with the Kansas City Chiefs, excuse me. Um, and so I think that's a big ad right there for Kansas City. And from what I hear, um, the Chiefs didn't even make an attempt to bring back Tyron Matthew. They didn't even make him a contract offer this offseason. So they're very well prepared to part ways. And, and clearly um, having Justin Reed high on their free agency priority list. And so they hammer out a contract overnight. Actually, it was late now by the time the deal came official. Three years, $31.5 million. I interviewed Justin Reed a couple of seasons ago. Great player, even better off the field. Um, does a lot for his community. And so I couldn't be happier for Justin Reed. And then how about another DB getting paid um, late last night was Charver Charverius Ward. Uh, another DB coming from Kansas City. This time going to the Bay, the San Francisco 49ers signed him to a three-year, $42 million contract. And so San Francisco looking to find another corner that they can pair with their rising star in Ambry Thomas. Um, and so he's a, he could be a nice get. You know, he's one of those players undrafted, signed with the Cowboys. I remember him there. And so he was claimed off waivers by Kansas City. And so he's turned himself into a pretty darn productive player. So um, San Francisco looking to bolster that secondary. But the, the big news early this morning was uh, DJ Chark agreeing to a one-year deal with the Detroit Lions. And I believe that's kind of a surprise for some people. You know, that Jared Goff and that Lions offense, they kind of, uh, you know, had their ups and downs last year. Obviously, the, the Lions didn't do a lot of winning, but they are a rebuilding franchise, a team that's looking to, to utilize young talent. So that's exactly what they got here with DJ Chark. I mean, it's good upside. 
It's a one-year deal worth up to $12 million, $10 million fully guaranteed. So DJ Chark gets to go to the Motor City um, with an opportunity to make an impact along Amaran St. Brown, who put together a fantastic rookie season. Of course, DJ Hawkinson at tight end. So DJ Chark is hoping that with those on the outside with DeAndre Swift Hatfield, um, he can get his nice area of targets from there to quite a bit. And there's no deep ball. No DJ DJ to beat team. So um, I think that's a good value signing for the Detroit Lions. And if Chark ends up producing and he can convince the Lions that he can be their, you know, top two receiver along with St. Brown, then maybe a long-term deals in the cards down the road. Now, there's been some more buzz about uh, Sean Watson and, and who he's been meeting with. You know, the Texans have granted him um, permission to meet with some potential acquiring teams. We know on Monday evening in Houston, Deshaun Watson met with two of the NFC South teams, the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. Um, news this morning came that uh, he's meeting with the Cleveland Browns. And so how about that? You know, uh, the Cleveland Browns obviously still have Mayfield, but they are going all in, you know, and they're a team that just acquired Amari Cooper, and so you can imagine that they have very high aspirations to get a guy like Watson who is on another level than Baker Mayfield. And so then you wonder, well, if the Browns are able to um, – if they're able to uh, go ahead and, and go after Deshaun Watson, maybe Baker Mayfield then is a part of that trade with the Houston Texans, and he goes back to Houston, you know, playing out on that fifth-year contract. I mean, I, I wouldn't see what the problem is, Houston – uh, you know, Baker is a Texas guy, and so maybe a little bit of a, a move back to the Lone Star State can get Baker Mayfield playing to a higher level. And then Houston will then have a, an opportunity and a decision to make whether they want to extend Baker Mayfield. And then if they don't, they know he's set to become a free agent, and they can always part ways with him. They have, they've also got Davis Mills, who is a rookie, who put together a pretty uh, a pretty solid um, a, a, a pretty solid campaign. You're not not bad considering. The uh, the lack of talent, I would say, that the Houston Texans put together. Um, and then another team, as, as the morning went on, emerged as um, a potential target for Deshaun Watson in a trade. And it's the Atlanta Falcons. So, so throw in another NFC, NFC South team that is eyeing Deshaun Watson. And, of course, we know the Buccaneers had expressed an interest in in going after Deshaun Watson before the big old Tom Brady announcement that he was returning for a um, 23rd NFL season. So you know these NFC South teams, they're understanding that right now the most of the elite quarterbacks are currently residing in the AFC. So you see a lot of NFC teams that are out there trying to go swing for the fences, and it's easy to understand why they want to go out and get a player like Deshaun Watson. Of course, you know, he is still going to be subject to a potential league suspension, right? But teams are willing to still move forward with the deal, give up immense uh, packages that could could exceed two or three first-round picks, a couple of players. And so now this thing is getting heated. You know, more and more teams are getting the opportunity uh, to, to discuss a potential pairing with Deshaun Watson. And so uh, we'll see. We'll see if things unfold. And then uh, the Falcons are, are planning to meet with Deshaun Watson on Wednesday. So it's been a pretty busy start to the week for Deshaun Watson. Of course, 
following the news of uh, what happened in the courtroom. He's not going to be uh, charged. Um, and so since that has happened, you could tell that his market has just really uh, gotten hot with a bunch of teams in pursuit. And so we'll see where that heads. And of course, I'd imagine a trade will not be executed until Deshaun Watson is able to meet with all the teams that are interested in acquiring him. And then he will get with Houston and let them know um, who he wants to to uh, waive his no trade clause for. And at that point, that's when we can see where he will land in the trade market. But for more free agency news, um, the Buccaneers are signing former Falcons wide receiver Russell Gage to a contract. And so he heads to Tampa, a team that he's played twice a year in his career. Uh, so another weapon for Tom Brady. I'm currently talking about um, Tom Brady. You know, I. So a lot of players that are wanting to go take less money to go play for Tom Brady. And you also saw that with uh, Jensen, the center. Um, you know that he had tremendous amount of money elsewhere, but he ends up taking less to return to, um, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So that, that's kind of the effect that you see um, when, when the um, Tom Brady, the, the greatest player of all time, decides to come out of retirement. Um, and so we'll see how, how things develop there. But uh, another move that I saw earlier today that I thought was a, a good move and something that has been a revitalization to his career is um, Charles Harris signs a new two-year deal with the Detroit Lions. And so he's a guy that has really turned a corner with the Dolphins. Things didn't work out. But uh, I think it's been good for him to get a change of scenery and see where things have gone. But uh, I, I like that upside move. I think the Lions, I like what they're doing. They're investing in, in younger players that have, have proven themselves over this past season, and they are players that have shown the desire, you know, to, to be there in Detroit and to build a, a, a culture, you know, regardless of what is happening out there. And so um, I, I certainly wish him the best, and I hope that he can continue to, um, you know, develop as a, as a player. And so I'm always going to be rooting for guys that continue to, uh, impress in the NFL season. But nonetheless, Russell Gage heads to Atlanta. Now, I'm really interested to see what exactly is going on with the markets of um, some players. You know, you got um, Chandler Jones. You still have Tyron Matthew is another name out there that I'm I'm really surprised. And maybe... That's a testament to some teams just not valuing him as much. But I for sure thought that Tyron Matthew was going to be one of the first players off the board. And so he's still out there, man. And uh, I, I'm really curious. I know I know. speaking as a, as a Dallas fan, you know, I would love him in Dallas. But uh, I don't know if that re-signing of Malik Hooker um, is going to do anything to their potential – uh, pursuit of a player, but I will say this, you know, he, he definitely is a game changer coming off. I think he did have some struggles this past year in Kansas city. He dealt with some injuries. Um, and so I, I understand that 
that that could be something that's hindering his market. But nonetheless, I mean, Tyron Matthew is still one of the top elite game-changing safeties in the game. And so seeing him still out there, I'm a little bit surprised. Um, I wasn't surprised to see Connor Williams get a two-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. You know, the Dolphins are all in trying to build up that offensive line. You know that um, they're, they're essentially just trying to take anybody that can come in and provide Tua with some protection. You know, it's been a pretty tough go for Tua last year, you know, and, and now they got Mike McDaniel in there. Um, and, and so we'll see how that shapes up. But uh, I'm not entirely sure if they're done on the offensive line, but keep an eye on them. You know, we'll see who else they can add. But another player, obviously, that made major headlines was Bobby Wagner. You know, he was cut by the Seattle Seahawks. And so now we're going to see if um, if his market ends up being strong and what type of offers he's generating. I know that uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, are, have obviously come up as a potential landing spot just because of Dan Quinn and his connection. But uh, we'll see. Um, and, and I think that is that is a potential possibility. But Randy Gregory, the loss of him, I mean, I think I think it's pretty bad. Uh, I think that that hurts the Cowboys right now. And so we'll see how they can rebuild and recover from that again. I would expect them to go target a veteran free agency um, and see who they can land. But I would be very, very surprised if they just, you know, don't really do much to add anybody in free agency and go to the draft just because, you know, the position is vital uh, for NFL defense. But he's a very so I don't imagine him. He's gonna have plenty of suitors. You know, there's a lot of teams that are desperately looking to upgrade their offensive line, especially in that AFC West. But uh, I think JC Treader should find a new home rather soon. I would, uh, I'd imagine that he's going to find himself a nice two or three year deal. Somebody would be willing to um, pay him the money and, and get him going. So don't be surprised to see him land with the team in the near future. Obviously the Browns are going through some cap situations. And so they decided to part ways with them saving roughly 8 million. And so I, I can understand from the business side of, of JC Treader, but it looks like he was a, a pretty high-value teammate and, of course, the NFLPA president. And so that was a little bit of a surprising move by the Cleveland Browns. But uh, J.C. Treader is a name to certainly keep eyes on for teams. And then also Taron Armstead, right, a guy that was mentioned as, you know, a top-five free agent. He's still available, and that really is kind of – Making me wonder, like, is this guy gonna gonna get his deal? I mean, is he is he not getting the the money that a lot everybody expected him to get? But I for sure I saw Jacksonville, Miami as potential destinations for Taron Armstead. But as of right now, he is still out on the market, and who knows? You know, the Saints, the way Mickey Loomis uh, just consistently is moving cap space around. I mean, he could uh, successfully. 
uh, bring him back to New Orleans on a new deal. I wouldn't discount anything at this point. But Darren Armstead is another guy that we are keeping tabs on, seeing where he could land. Rasul Douglas, I know that he's been in talks with the Green Bay Packers. They're really trying to hammer out a contract extension for him. And what a what a career revitalization for um, Rasul Douglas. I mean, on the Cardinals practice squad, bounced around the league. Next thing you know, he sticks in Green Bay. And uh, he's been very productive. A couple of picks, uh, an interception return for a touchdown. And so we'll see if Green Bay is able to sew up that deal. But uh, as of now, Russell Douglas, Douglas is still on the market. And how about Stephon Gilmore, right? Another big name out there that has really, um, you know, generated a lot of interest. You know, the Niners and the Raiders have checked in on them. The Raiders... Uh, we're, we're in a lot of rumors regarding JC Jackson. Of course, he ends up with the Los Angeles Chargers, and that is a loaded stack defense that Brandon Staley has over there. Signing Sebastian Joseph Day, you got Khalil Mack, you signed JC Jackson, a defense that already has Joey Bosa and Derwin James and Kenneth Murray. I mean, that defense is not going to be fun to see, um, in the coming years. And so, uh, I'm just going to say, man, that that AFC West is going to be crazy. And so Denver, knowing that, hey, we got Russell Wilson, but we need to put together a strong team. And so that's why they can go out and get a guy like Randy Gregory. And so they're bolstering up. The Raiders really haven't done much in free agency up to this point. Um, and I think they've kind of done some minor housekeeping, a couple of re-signs to lower budget. But I wouldn't be surprised to see the Las Vegas Raiders going after Stephon Gilmore. I know they are interested in him. The Niners were interested in Stephon Gilmore, but that was also before they dished out that long-term deal to Charvarius Ward, the corner from the Kansas City Chiefs. So that is uh, another name to keep tabs on. Um, and see where, where Stephon Gilmore is. Cause when, even with the Carolina Panthers, he still showcased that he was a top corner, a shutdown corner. And so whoever can land Stephon Gilmore, and I, I'd expect them to land a pretty nice deal. Um, I think they're going to be getting themselves a nice corner, a veteran, a guy that knows, um, uh, his limitations, a savvy player. And so I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see him, uh, land a deal shortly, but, Taking a look at who else is there, you got Akeem Hicks, the big run stuffing DT from the Chicago Bears is still available. You have Zadarius Smith, obviously, that was a big move when the Packers cut him. Jarvis Landry, who's been linked to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills. You also have Allen Robinson, Von Miller, who the Rams are looking to re-sign, Odell Beckham Jr., Dwayne Brown, another veteran offensive tackle, is out on the market. Eric Fisher, um, who couldn't agree to terms with the Indianapolis Colts. He's available. Williams, a very underrated corner for the Los Angeles Rams, still to back. I'm, he hasn't landed himself a nice multi-year deal. If you want to look at the veteran corners that are out there right now, then uh, Marcus May, who's coming off that torn Achilles, he is also still on the market. Casey Hayward, Dante Jackson. Um, and then you got Corderell Patterson, who had a breakout season in, in Arthur Smith's offense. And I would imagine that the Falcons have interest in bringing him back. Haven't heard much developing there, but we'll keep tabs on it. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, um, who's also believed to have a strong market. Kareem Jackson, Alec Ingold, J. Ron Kirst, Kyle Van Noy, Jaquaski Tart. Jordan Hicks, um, you got Patrick Peterson, Calais Campbell, Levi Wallace, Leighton Vanderesh, Morgan Moses, Jadavion Clowney. So quite a bit of free agents that are still out on the market. 
Um, and so expect teams to continue uh, to go out and add to their team. Um, and we'll see where things go from here. But this free agency period certainly has been a rather interesting one. Of course, we had all those blockbuster trades last year. We've already seen a lot of big-time signings, and we're still in the quote-unquote legal tampering period. Remember, these deals cannot become official until tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time. That is when the deals can be signed by players, and, and really that's when the players can make direct contact with the team officials that they're signing with because right now the only contact that's supposed to be going on is between teams and agents. So that is part of the legal, legal tampering period. So all these players that are – you know, signing contracts worth millions and millions. They haven't even talked to the team directly. They can finally do that on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. But uh, it's been it's been quite it's been quite the the free agency period so far. I think we're going to start to see some other big dominoes start to land as um, as tomorrow comes. I still am very interested to see where uh, Chandler Jones is going to go. Tyron Matthew. So those are some big fish that are still out there. We'll see who's lurking and we'll keep you posted. So make sure that you are staying locked in to my page at Pro Football Chase for all the latest news and rumors. I've also touched base with Uchenna Wosu, the free agent um, from the Los Angeles Chargers. And he's another guy that's coming off a very productive season, young at 26, 27 years old. I'd imagine that his market is going to be picking up soon once guys like Chandler Jones and Von Miller and Jadavian Clowney, once they find their homes, I believe Uchenna Wosu will be able to ink himself a nice deal. Um, so I'll certainly keep you all posted on what I'm hearing from him. A great player, even better person, had him on the Pro Football Chase podcast. And so hoping that he can get what he's worth on the free agent market. But um, that does it for today's free agency podcast. I appreciate y'all tuning in. I know I had a big wave of y'all tuning in at the very beginning. I know some of you are on spring break. Some of y'all are working. Um, and so I appreciate y'all tuning in. I'll be back here next week again to recap some more free agent signings. So until then, have a blessed afternoon.